When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 174. I am here tonight with Tyler. Ryan has his life completely eclipsed by uh, softball, apparently. Um, everything Ryan does is for the love of softball. But how are you tonight, Tyler? Doing pretty good. Been watching the playoffs. They've been good. So a lot of stu- kind of some stunners going on here in the playoffs, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, Ryan's... Uh, Got some softball issues, and I'm sure we'll hear from him next week. Coach Ryan, he was not very happy that he couldn't record tonight. Coach Ryan, yeah, we um, moved it because of him, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, but the the playoffs have been good. The playoffs have also been really interesting, and I think that's what we're going to start the show off with tonight. We're going to end with some Red Wings stuff, but I want to start with the playoffs because that's what everyone's watching right now next to the World Championships. The Florida Panthers have been eliminated from the playoffs, which is kind of depressing because I had the Panthers versus the Avs as the the Stanley Cup finals. So I think one half of my bracket will be correct with the Avs, but the Panthers are out, taken down by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that would have been a rematch of what, the 1996 Stanley Cup final? Uh, That sounds right. Yeah, I think it was 96. Yeah, I mean... The Florida Panthers are who we thought they were. Bunch of fugazis. Uh, oh, come I mean, on. <laughs> I just like, how do you win the president's trophy, dominate all season long, and then I, I guess you run into a historically good team in the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I mean, you can't score more than one power play goal in the whole series, in the it's, whole Stanley Cup playoffs. One it's power the play. President's goal. trophy curse, Tyler. You know what? I think there might be something to that, though. I will say that right now. So since 2013, here's here's how it's gone. 2013, the Blackhawks won the President's Trophy and won the Cup. Yep. 2014, the Bruins lost in the second round. 2015, the Rangers lost in the third. Capitals lost in the second. Capitals lost in the second. Preds in the second. Lightning in the first. Bruins in the second. Abs in the second. Now Panthers in the second. And that's since 2013. So since 2013. No team that has won the President's Trophy, which is the best regular season team, has won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of perplexing, but at the same time, it's not. Then the reason I say that is, like, hockey is such a sport of, like, I mean, there's a lot to win. Like, to win a Stanley Cup, a lot has to go right. And, you know, if everything goes right all season long and you exhaust yourself all season long throughout the regular season... You get to the playoffs and it's a brand new season. Everyone's gunning for you. I mean, it kind of doesn't surprise me in a way. And I mean, it kind of feels like even when we were kids, or at least I was a kid, even the even when the Wings win, win the President's Trophy, they wouldn't always win the Stanley Cup or even go far in the playoffs. So yeah, um, it, it definitely doesn't surprise me. I, I thought Florida was a little bit different, but I will say one thing about the Panthers. There were a team this year where they would come back a lot 
Yep. And in the playoffs, especially against a team like Tampa, you're not going to be able to do that. And I think they ran into that. Plus, they ran into power play troubles. And you can't win playoff series if you're going to go one for 25. Um, I think they were 0 for 18 in the Toronto series or something like that. You can't you can't do that. Or I'm sorry, the Washington series. You can't do that. You're, you're not going to be able to win, um, especially in this day and age with with, you know, teams scoring a lot of goals. You know, you're you're few and far between with opportunities, um, especially when when they're not calling as much as, as the playoffs go on. You're getting less and less opportunities on the power play. And when you do get those, you got to cash them in. And they they didn't do that. And so, I mean, I have a lot of concern for the for the Panthers going forward, too. I mean, they're I wouldn't say they're aging out, but I think a lot of it was to win this year. They traded for Claude Giroux. And, you know, I was looking at some of their their draft picks going forward. They don't have much they have in the cupboard. So they got nothing. Um, they also they also ran into a really good defense, like yes. out of their mind. And this is you got to remember a Tampa team without Braden Point, <laughs> and they're doing what they're doing. But they ran in like Dmac says, defense wins championships, and to have an elite goalie in Vasilevsky, um, where this stat kind of came out where it, in big games, the last seven series clinching games that Vasi has played, he has faced two hundred shots. And as a save percentage of 995 with a goals against of 0.14 and six shutouts. Like yeah. you don't, the, the guy's insane. And they were talking about uh, who's on the, the Mount Rushmore of goalies right now. And they're like, you got to put Vassy on there. Like no, at, even no, at Greg, this point, he's not retired. You have to put him on there. No, Greg, you have to put him on the Mount. If, if they win the Stanley cup again this year, he's only 27. Let's, yep. let's, let's, let's pump the brake. He's only 27. He, when his career, when it's all said and done with him, he may be the best goalie of all time. And that might not be a stretch to say that. You think Hasek would get mad that you said that? Probably. But but here's the thing. I mean, I'm not saying that that's where it's going to go, but he's 27 yeah, there's years There's a lot old. of time left. He's on a good team. I mean, he's already got three, two Stanley Cups, maybe three this year. If he gets to three, I mean, he's got to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I mean, would think if his if his career continues down the same trajectory and he doesn't like slip into nothingness, kind of like I feel like Braden Holpe did. Like Holpe went from really good to mediocre in like a season and a half. Yeah, but Holpe only had one Stanley Cup. But he was a really good goalie in the league. No, yeah, That's no, the he thing. was. He was and now yeah. he's kind now he's a backup, basically. Yeah. So it's if he keeps going, and like you said, he's in his late twenties and goalies as we've seen a lot of them can play till they're 40 years old. Mike Smith. And, yeah. Mike Smith, who geez, I don't, I'm still bitter about the Milan Lucci ejection, but yeah, Mike Smith, 40 years old, Brodeur played forever. You think that was ridiculous? Yeah. I don't think Lucci should have been uh, ejected for that. I, yeah, think. I think that was ridiculous too. That was just the refs trying to control the game and on, on the replay and the Edmonton fans can bitch all they want on the replay. Smith saw Lucic coming and then went behind the net and then turned into Lucic and Lucic tried to stop. Like yeah. Sutter even said, he said that what looked like a habit is Lucic was trying to cut behind the net and Smith blocked him off and he turned into him. Mm. I do not think that should have been a game misconduct. No. And and of course they get the other thing wrong, where what Perron did to Kadri, the flying cross check, 
that should have been a suspension like easily you you can you what if he flew cross-checked into Kadri's neck and ended his career right there like you had you can't wait until something terrible happens because of something that a player does on purpose to start handing out suspensions and stuff or else it you're gonna you're it's gonna be reactionary you need to get ahead of it and call it that way because Sure, everyone. A lot of people know Kadri's been a dirtbag player. He's done some shady shit uh, uh, that a lot of people don't just do. like the one that was given by Peron. He's and done. he's been suspended yep. for him. Yep. And Peron first cross checked him. I'm like, okay, that initial cross check, that's a penalty. But then he fly like freaking Mortal Kombat Raiden flying cross check into him, and you can't do that. You're gonna seriously hurt someone after Kadri's receiving death threats from St. Louis fans. Yeah, uh, that that part of it. I mean, obviously, that that goes without being said. You know, that's that's not okay, and and you know, definitely not. No. Um, but I don't have a problem with the Blues going after Kadri. I mean, if they think that he hit uh, Bennington on purpose and injured him on purpose, they can go after him all they want. Just don't do it legally. Just take a number and and sure. when he's got his head down, hit him. I mean, I said I said fighting go is after fighting. him after the whistle. But you want to fight, fight great don't be a bitch about it yeah i agree and and whether or not he took out bennington on purpose i don't think he took out bennington on purpose and then bennington also proceeded to act like a bitch after the whole thing and threw a water bottle at him during a press <laughs> I conference thought that was kind of funny I'm like, not what are we lie. in fifth grade like grow up but <laughs> I, you can't do what peron did and then and it's going to keep happening because you know why they know all they get is a five thousand dollar fine and that's money they can pull out of their wallet at the drop of a hat Yep. And just give to fucking George Peros and who doesn't give a shit. The so, Lord knows where that money goes to. Yeah, exactly. It goes to his clown nose collection, apparently. But it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. We need the Shanna band back in there. So the only other thing they think that's been interesting that's happened in the playoffs so far, besides that, I think the abs are going to eliminate the blues tonight is the battle for Alberta. And what the fuck is happening with Evander Kane? And I'll preface this by saying, no, I don't want Evander Kane on our team next season. I think he brings too much baggage. I think there's too much stuff there. I have heard from all the other teams that he's been on that he's just locker room cancer and doesn't listen to team rules or anything like that. You can score as many goals as you want. If you're bad for the locker room, it doesn't make it doesn't that doesn't that doesn't feel like a move that Steve Eisenman's going to make. No, but he's on fire. Well, he is. He is absolutely on fire. He's um, he's been a perfect fit with the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And I will say one thing. There's a program I listen to um, throughout the day on NHL Network Radio. And a lot of those guys are talking about how he should stay with the Oilers. And I couldn't agree with them further. He needs to stay, stay there. there. Yeah. Because if he doesn't, <laughs> Where someone's going to overpay go? him. And he's going to be in a situation where he doesn't want to be. He's not playing with Connor McDavid anymore, and he's going to fly off the deep end again. And I mean, for him, you know, we can. We're not going to go into what he's done and and how how much of a you know a hole he is and whatever. But there's no doubt about it. He's been fantastic in the playoffs. And I mean, how couldn't he be? He's playing with the best player in the world and maybe one of the best players of all time. Yeah. So McDavid has been, let's talk about this. McDavid's been fantastic in the playoffs this year. He's willing that team maybe to the Stanley cup. 
Man, I don't know about that, but the abs don't play a lick of defense. How many points would Michael Bunting have if he was playing with Dreisaitl and McDavid? <laughs> <laughs> Probably about the same as uh, as he had with Matthews and Marner. Maybe a little bit more, but uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl have been phenomenal. And Dreisaitl's playing on like a broken ankle or like a high ankle sprain. They said, yeah, which is another dumb thing that people shouldn't do. But they're going to beat Calgary. Calgary, I don't think is coming back from that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there yet. I don't trust the Oilers quite yet. But I hope so. I, I as as a person that really likes McDavid and wants to see a guy like that end up with a Stanley Cup at some point in his career. Um, I mean, I guess that goes with saying Ken Holland would would end up with another Stanley Cup. But I mean, at the end of the day, if if the Oilers win the Stanley Cup, I mean that that would be an earned Stanley Cup. They're gonna have to go through Colorado and then either. Carolina, New York, or Tampa. So and they're not doing it during a COVID season, which nope. I think kind of lessens the whole the whole thing. This is an actual season of hockey. Yep. So I think it'd be impressive if if Edmonton got there. I just with the way Colorado is playing, I really don't see anything happening there. I they're just at points they are so dominant. Well, I th- see, but yes and no. I think that series would be wildly entertaining if you like fire wagon, fast, up and down hockey. All offense. If, it, yeah, if you're, if you're a, a Daryl Sutter or you're a, um, you know, an old school coach that doesn't love that and likes to lock it down. Um, like a Barry yeah, Trotz not, defense first hockey. Yeah, you're not going to love that. You're not going to love that. But I mean, that would be insane. That series would be insane. And then I think a lot of people, I would say it's probably a 50 50 that this happens. But I think a lot of people are really rooting for a Colorado Tampa Stanley Cup final. I mean, you can't be, like we said before, I don't think you can be mad with Tampa winning because it's a Steve Eiserman team. You know, that's coming here. The more they win, the more you have hope for this rebuild, if you don't already have hope already, you're ridiculous. But you have more hope the more Tampa wins because that's still, what, 85%, 90% uh, yep. an Iserman team, draft yep. picks and all. So, and then if Tampa or if if the Avs win, and the Avs still have, I mean, this is something they can keep up for a while because they're not in cap trouble. Next to Iserman, Sackick's the probably best GM in the league. Yeah, I don't love them defensively. But they have money and to help. goaltending wise, I think it's the same thing. They've got money to help if they need it, though, Tyler. Yeah. That's the thing. They've got the money. I, so, I, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say I don't love them defensively. Samuel Gerard to me is a big loss for them. Mm-hmm. He's a, a he has a broken sternum. broken sternum. I mean, I don't even know what that that would feel like. That is like the part that holds all your ribs together that broke. That sounds miserable. Very painful miserable, painful, you know, wish him a speedy recovery. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, they do still, I mean, Kale McCarr is fantastic. Uh, Tyson Berry, or not Tyson Berry, um, uh, help me out here, uh, defenseman. Bowen Byram is fantastic. Has been good, yeah. They, they, have, they have some really good defensemen. My issue with them is on the other side of the puck in, in terms of defending. Are they going to, are they willing to, when a game gets close and tight, even if it's not against Edmonton or Calgary in the next round, if it's Tampa in the you know the Stanley Cup final, are they going to be able to play a one nothing two one game? And that's that's where it kind of 
you know, the rubber meets the road. Yeah. And so. you got to remember they got Devon Taves too, who is yeah, also that's, one that's of right. the better defenders in the whole league. Two second, two second round picks for Devon Taves. Jesus. How you doing? Lou Lamorello. Yeah. Lou, <laughs> Lou made that trade so fast and then had to turn around and fire his coach. That's what happened. <laughs> So, and then hire his uh his his you know right right yeah, right hand man before before Stevie could get to him. I think that's what he he knew was coming was that if he didn't give Lambert the position that Lambert was going to leave, and I don't think he could have had that. So, um, you had to bring up the younger guy and then push Trotz out. I guess. I mean, I'm not sure that's going to help the Islanders very much, but we'll see what happens there. But I want to do a little bit of Red Wings news tonight. Like I said, tonight might be a little shorter show because there's not a lot of news until we're all just waiting for coaching stuff. And I thought that the longer I could push the podcast off, maybe there would be a coaching announcement or something. I do got one more Greg on the huh? playoffs. What? What did you think of Mike Smith giving up that goal? Oh, I, what do I think of Mike Smith giving up any goals like Mike Smith? I can't on one hand, can't believe that Ken Holland put his eggs in a 40 year old goaltender basket. <laughs> And signed signed him for what was it two more years or three more years? Two more years. He's gonna be a forty two when he's done with the with the uh, Oilers. Apparently, Miko Koskinen is like leaving after this season, no matter what. He has a deal somewhere in. And I don't think that even matters because he, he also horrible. hasn't been good. So I don't know what, and I, you still don't know what they're gonna do. Now I am surprised that one Mike Smith is still functioning at this level, like playoff level hockey. And I mean, maybe it's not as unbelievable because how old was Tim Thomas when he won with the Bruins? He was uh, older. He was, he was up there, but I don't think he was quite 40. I think he was maybe like 35 or 36. So I, I mean, Mike Smith is never known to be a phenomenal goalie, but you can like it. I've said before, you don't need, you can win a Stanley cup with above average goaltending. Mike Smith is the gift that keeps on giving. Sure. Whether those gifts are good or bad. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Every time Mike Smith is in the news or you see a clip of Mike, Mike Smith is something funny is happening. Whether, you know, it's the, the Cooper uh, mask that he's wearing, you know, the, the mask with the Cooper, you know what I mean? You get yeah, what I'm saying? it's got the ears on it with the head. Yeah, it's, like, got the it's like ears his head on it, as a so mask. It looks like it's, you know, an old school mask. Or like, you know, when he was in Calgary, he had like the brown pads and like, you know, that now he's given up a goal from the, the other blue line in a Stanley Cup playoff game. Like, uh, uh, and the fact that the Oilers won that game should just tell you that the Flames are done. Yeah, that's what I said too. I mean, he, Markstrom is a phenomenal goalie. Things just have not gone his way this series at all. Yeah. And the, the, the Flames haven't played the way that they that they I mean, they're not playing playoff hockey. They're no. they're letting Edmonton, you know, skate into the zone. They're letting them kind of deal around. And I, I did I did like their second period last night. I thought they were much 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 better. But again, that happens. You're down 3 nothing. They score two quick goals. Mike Smith gives that terrible goal up, and then all of a sudden, Nuge scores, and that's game over, basically. So, yeah, they're not playing good defense in no. Calgary. No, and that was their MO all year. They, they, they can play good defense, and they did in that star series, too. But, uh, yeah, anyways. Now, before we move on, we need to take a second to read our sponsored message from Manscaped. 
What's up? It's Greg here from the Grindline Podcast with a message from Manscaped. Growing out your playoff beard, let that thing loose up top, but our friends at Manscaped are here to help you avoid a jumbo Joe downstairs. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming want to save your hockey pucks from a slap shot in crunch time this playoff season. Four million men worldwide trust Manscaped to prepare them for the Stanley Cup. Join them and go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GRINDLINE. Shaving your ball starts with the perfect package for your package, the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and has a 400K LED spotlight when you need a more precise shave. The Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer is also included in this package, which is also waterproof, uses skin-safe technology, so you can keep the unnecessary roughness on the ice where it belongs. There is no more pinching, there is no more pulling, there's no more crying because you're ripping out your nose hairs. Shaves them clean off with no issues at all whatsoever. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant to keep your balls sticking to your legs from end to end. No one will be chirping you anymore. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a mousse. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag. Amazing bag, super soft, has just enough room for all the tools plus some extras. It's not too big. Uh, My problem is generally that the bags are too small and cannot fit everything, so I end up throwing extra stuff in a backpack. This bag is just the right size. The boys will be buzzing this Stanley Cup lineup from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GRINDLINE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code GRINDLINE at manscaped.com. Don't be a goon fighting your bush with the wrong trimmer. Choose the right tools for the job this playoff season with Manscaped. So I want to move on to a little bit of Red Wings news. Um, like I said, we don't have a super long show tonight because there's not a lot of stuff. We were waiting for coaching stuff, and I tried pushing it off to wait for coaching, and nothing has happened. Uh, but we got a little bit here. Simon Edvinson has been named the Elite Prospects Award for the best junior in the SHL. I mean, Edvinson's been phenomenal. The person who won it last year was most Cider. Uh, Edvinson has two goals and 19 points in 44 games in the SHL this season and in the playoffs. He had uh, two assists in five games. So it's he's had a good season. I mean, again, he just won the Elite Prospects Best Junior Player in the SHL. He projects, as we all know, as a top-pairing defenseman. He could be Mo Sider's pair next season. I'm not sure they'll throw him right into the top like they did with Sider because technically Sider did have that extra year. Um, he went from Grand Rapids over to... Uh, Rogla. And I think Edmondson has a really good shot of just stepping into this lineup. We don't have much on the left side, so it's possible he could go right to the top, but I think they might start him on a second pair and ease him up. Um, kind of like what they did with cider where cider by 10, 15 games in was a top was on the top pair consistently. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a big award for him and we kind of knew it was coming. Um, there are going to be people that are shocked because uh, they're like, well, what happened to uh, Wallander? Why Wallander wasn't even, I don't think, um, nominated for it. And uh, it's just, I don't think they're on the same level. I would call Wallander the most improved uh, from last year to this year. But Edvinson just has kept his high level of play going and has developed even more. So I think he steps right into the lineup next season. I don't think there's really much stopping him. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, I think. With Eisenman, it's it's kind of been like you don't have a spot on the team, but if you come to training camp and you earn your spot, 
there's no reason why you can't make the team regardless of what your age is. So he'll be, what, 19 by the time training camp rolls around? Yeah, his birthday's February. He's already 19. His birthday was in February. Okay, so he's he's 19. Yeah, he's probably ready. I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? He comes in and struggles a little bit on a team that, that we don't think is going to be a playoff team. Now, I mean, there's a chance that they could be pushing for the playoffs next year, but we'll see what happens. I mean, Edvinson, this is an important piece to the rebuild right here. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, Edvinson, or sorry, you have Cider, you have Raymond, um, Heronic, and, Maybe. you know, I mean, obviously Larkin and Bertuzzi and, and Verana, and you have, you, there's definitely some pieces there. I know a lot of people, um, we're a little bullish on Ned this year, but I think you have a goalie and then Costa has been fantastic, which we will talk about at some point here. But Edmondson, I have high expectations for him. As I would say I have close to as high expectations for Edmondson as I did for Cider. And that's saying a lot because, I mean, they're both first-round picks. Yeah. So, I mean, you should have those high expectations for those kind of players, so. Yeah, with Edvinson, I, I I'll give him a little time. He will be coming into the league younger than what Cider did, um, so I'll give him a little bit. And again, he like you said, he is a he's a piece that this team has to depend on, but he's a piece in a very critical position for the team yeah. because our defense is literally like the worst in the league last season, and. Yeah. We need elite defensemen, and that is what he's going to be brought in to be is an elite defenseman. Now, so would you say, it, like, if we're comparing this rebuild to Tampa, because sure, I mean, that's where Eisenman with the same path and the same kind of path, yeah. So, Cider would be your headman, and um, Edvinson would be your Sergachev or your McDonough, sure. But I think, I think both of them have the potential to be headman type players. That's the thing. So if you can get, if you're on the Tampa rebuild path and you get two headmans, then you bump your timeline up. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be that right off the bat. I mean, Mo Sider, I think, has already worked his way into top 10 defensemen in the league conversations. Which is absolutely insane. After one season, right? All right, here, I'll I'll just, I'll just, I don't want to, I don't want to, be the bearer of bad news or anything like that. But I do remember, you know, people in Buffalo were pumped for Tyler Myers. He won the Calder trophy and then it all went to shit from there. So I'm but just it's saying not the same. They're nowhere near the same player though. Well, but Tyler Myers was a beast in his rookie season and it's just kind of never, it never came all together. So I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying, please don't curse us, Tyler. Pump the brakes a little bit. That's all. I'm going to say that Mo Sider is the ne- next Nick Lidstrom. And I think now, it, and that's not even like a lot of people will generally yell at people when they say stuff like that and call them ridiculous. I'm not sure how much of a stretch that is or how now, much of a stretch you- that's going to be in the next few years. What would you compare Raymond to? Right now? Yeah. Or like what you think he's going to become. You think he's going to be I don't, like a Pasternak I don't know. kind I think, of player? I think forwards are are a little harder in that in that respect. I think with defensemen, you can look at them and say, look at what they're doing now and say, I can kind of see where this is going to go. With forwards, I think it's a little different because it, it's got a lot more to do with who you're playing with. Yeah. And who you're playing off of. Now, Raymond has 
the we've seen Raymond has the ability to create for himself. He has the ability to make space. He's got all the tools that you need in that kind of position. But I think I think it's too early right now to make a comparison for Raymond. And I'll probably... I compared him to Henrik Zetterberg a little bit without the be- uh, capabilities to be able to play in the middle. See, I think um, Raymond's got more flash, though. So like a, a combination of Datsuk and Zetterberg? Is that is that? I think it's I <laughs> will reserve fast? that. Ask me mid next season. For a comparable for Lucas Raymond after forty another forty games, and I know a lot of people have asked previously, and actually more recently too. You know, just kind of getting into the Red Wings rebuild, and um, like, where do you th- like? What do you think in a perfect world, Edvinson becomes? Is he a uh, Victor Hedman? Is he more of like? I'm sure he's not a Kale McCarr because no. there's not very, very many Kale McCars in the world. Well, it's the offense to Kale McCarr. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm looking back at the the actual comparisons for Lucas Raymond, and a lot of people are giving the Mitch Marner comparison. For okay, Raymond, that's a good one. That's which good I think one. is, it, it could be fair. I mean, I think that, um, I hope he's not as streaky as Mitch Marner. Yeah, in, hopefully not. Or oh, he shows up in the playoffs. but. I, I could see the I see the IQ and the skill there to hit a Marner level for Edvinson. Like, again, I need to see him with some NHL time. I mean, the comparison that's been the wide comparison that's been made for Edvinson has been Victor Hedman and not comparison, but um, I guess ceiling like yeah. a Victor head Victor Hedman type player. And maybe I mean, I hope so. I'm just. I'd like to see him in a in a 20-year-old season yeah. or some games in the NHL to be able to project that forward. But I mean he's he's winning all the right things. He's doing all the things right now and he's winning awards to make you more hopeful that he he will pan out. Yeah. And I mean, I will say one thing, you know, you're going to hit on some of your picks and if you're a good general manager like Eisenman is, you're going to hit on a lot of picks and yeah. so it's I'm I what I'm really looking forward to. I'm not like I mean, obviously Edvinson and Raymond and Cider and those guys. I'm looking forward to see you know where they project and and where they what they become. But I'm also really looking forward to see what like guys like Jonathan Berger and and um, Elmer Soderblom, Elmer Soderblom, and you know a lot of those guys, um, what they become too. You know. Um, Albert Johansson, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see where Eisenman starts to, you know, hit on people in like the second and third and, and you know, four, uh, so on and so forth. And those rounds of the draft. And I think that's where your rebuild really takes off. Well, this is kind of like the conversation we were having on Twitter. I put up a poll asking if people would trade Bertuzzi for Nylander one for one. And it came out on the wrong way. I would totally trade Bertuzzi for Nylander one for one. But a lot yeah. of people said they wouldn't. And this is where we kind of got into someone had asked, well, if you trade Bertuzzi, when you're ready to challenge for a Stanley Cup, you're going to have to trade for a Bertuzzi type player. And I said, maybe not, because if you recall, the the Red Wings drafted Carter Mazur and Carter Mazur could Mm. become a Bertuzzi type player. Yeah, He, he showed this season that he can score. He pisses people off and gets under people's skin. Tyler Bertuzzi, again, became much more than people thought Tyler Bertuzzi was going to become, where he was drafted. 
Um, there were analysts that gave that pick like a C minus and said it was a reach and it was a feel good story because his uncle played for the team and everything. But it turned out to be a really good pick. I thought that Tyler Bertuzzi's projection was going to be like a Mitch Callahan where he was just like a sure he blocked a lot of shots and he was a kind of a dirty player. And um, but I mean, yeah, he's definitely turned into being more than what we expected him to be. He's probably a second line center or second line winger on a good team. Yeah. Um, but I would trade him for William Nylander tomorrow. But a lot of people tomorrow, a lot of people try and they get too attached and they get attached to players like Bertuzzi because they remind them of old time hockey, which is great. Whatever. My point to it is that William Nylander is almost two years younger than Bertuzzi. He is a better. He's a more skilled player and he can play center. You could make William Nylander your second line center. No problem. And I think the, the part of it is that the people like to, it's, it's the same people that are like, we need to win. We need to win. We need to get better, but you can't get rid of my favorite player. You can't get rid of Tyler Bertuzzi because he's the spark plug to the team and all this stuff. But when the time comes where the Red Wings are actually ready to compete, Tyler Bertuzzi's style of play does not lend to being good for a long time. Um, Sooner or later, he's going to wear himself down. And when you're ready to compete for a cup in five, six seasons, Tyler Bertuzzi is going to be over 30, um, over about 32 or 33. And I don't think he's going to be at the same level. I don't think Tyler Bertuzzi can stay at this level for a very long time, especially after having surgery. When you when you think about it too, like Bertuzzi, I like Bertuzzi. I, I do. I I think he's a good player. Um, I don't think he's worth a ton of money, to be honest with you. But I think if Toronto comes calling and they're like, "Yeah, we want Tyler Bertuzzi. We want a player like Tyler Bertuzzi." And actually, by the way, some good news if you're a Red Wing fan and you you are kind of hoping about this Toronto trade. Tom Wilson's out for a while. I guess he just he just got a. Um, he just got surgery on the torn ACL. So Tom Wilson's going to be out a while. That's that's another um, Washington could call for him. Ex- well, exactly. That's a lot of people were saying that the Leafs need a player like Tom Wilson. Well, if he's having surgery, then, you know, if he's kind of damaged goods, do you as the Red Wings go to Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs and say, hey, um, I have a Tyler Bertuzzi that could fit that same mold for you. And like you said, you know, Bertuzzi is not going to should won't be a player that um, what's the word, word I'm looking for. won't be a player that is going to be long for this league. And it kind of fits more into what Toronto is trying to do in this, in this window that they have and where William Nylander, I mean, he could help us now and he could help us also down the road too. So. Yeah. I just think there's that- a good fit there. At this point, people and the other people are saying that what are what do you do by making this team softer and getting Nylander? Because they say that Nylander gives up on play. Look how he gave up in the playoffs. And he gave Tyler Bertuzzi gave up on several plays this season. And they're like, well, Nylander can't go to the corner and get pucks. Who's going to get pucks for him? Like the, the other people on his Steve Eisenman's not going to trade for him if he's not going to go in the corners and get pucks. So I just and then the other thing that's kind of the whole wrench in the situation is does Canada 
by next season lift their travel restrictions? Or does the NHL get afforded a work like um, work waiver exemption or whatever so that Bertuzzi could go back and forth over the border without having to quarantine? Right. I right. guess that all depends on how this summer goes. But I, I mean, I can't, if the trade happened and, and Kyle Dubas calls and he says, listen, we'll give you William Nylander for Tyler Bertuzzi. I think that's an automatic yes. Yeah. I think you, you take that deal. I mean, maybe you, maybe you get an extra with a bad contract from Toronto. So maybe they give you Nylander and a pick and, and a bad contract. And some people are saying Peter Mrazek. I don't want Peter Mrazek back, but maybe you can turn it into a deal like that where you you add a piece just to relieve the cap from Toronto for a bit and and get some stuff back but that's where i was kind of headed with that one i'd be okay with it, it i down. mean or do you do you trade Bertuzzi to Toronto and get William Nylander help them with the salary cap and also take one of their young defensemen maybe I guess it depends what happens there. Lilligren or saying they're probably not going to trade you Sandine, but maybe Lilligren. You would have to figure out how to do it. I mean, do you, do you take Nylander and eat half of Bertuzzi's salary? I mean, Bertuzzi's only got a year left on his contract. Yeah. I mean, you could take a cap dump player plus a prospect and do or a young defenseman and do it that way. And maybe, maybe that's how something gets done. If anything gets done, I mean, there's still time and, like I said, I'm I don't hate Bertuzzi. I'd be absolutely fine if Bertuzzi gets re-signed. I just don't think he fits in the uh, fits to the effectiveness that he currently is in the timeline for winning a cup. Is he just a better Justin Abdelkader? No, I no. Bertuzzi is like a a less angry Brad Marchand, maybe <laughs> like Brad Marchand light. <laughs> But it's Brad Marchand light. But I don't. I don't. He's not a Justin Applicator. No, I think Michael Bunting's a Justin Applicator. I think Justin Applicator um, would have never even got that deal if he didn't play with uh, thirteen and forty um, yeah. on the first line. So Ken Holland was uh, a sucker for home t- homegrown talent or lack of, for a better term. Well, um, no, and speaking of homegrown talent, there's one thing that I've really been impressed with in the playoffs this year. And one guy that I would really like to see Eisenman extend himself for if he can't swing a trade. I like Andrew Kopp, not just because he went to Michigan, but he has been fantastic in the post trade for the Rangers. Yep. Um, What is he, 26, 27? Oh, I don't even know. I don't know how old Andrew Kopp is. That would be a good fit. Andrew Kopp is 27 years old. His birthday's in July, so he'll be 28. Which he's isn't a good terrible. Fit. Yeah, he's a good fit. I like Vinny Trocek a lot too. Yep. I, that's probably going to cost you a lot, but even cops probably going to cost you a lot. I, I keep seeing the rumors that the wings are interest are going to be interested in two wingers come this this free agency. I, I don't know Who knows? About two week two wingers. I mean, that's space that you don't even really have right now unless you dump people. Well, I mean. What if you were to bring it? Let's just say hypothetically, you were to bring in Trocheck and Cop, so that way that expand that ex, um makes somebody expendable. Well, two centers, Tyler. The Cop can play the wing a little bit too, and so can Trocheck. Sure, any any center can play wing. Not any You're wing right. can play center. 
But I mean, if if Eisenman's trying to accelerate the rebuild, as people say, bringing those two guys in or something like that, and then trading some of your young talent for a defenseman. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to go deep into his farm system or anything like that. But I mean, if you can get a cop and you can get a tro check under a decent, con- decent contracts, and you can bring in a 27 year old defenseman on top of Simon Edmondson and um, Mo-, Mo Sire, I mean, th- now you're cooking with fire, I think. Now the right now Andrew Cop is making three point six four million dollars. Yeah, it's gonna probably go up to five, five or six. Probably around five. I would say five. Yeah. Um I maybe I mean I it's Iserman. No one has any fucking idea what he's going to do. No one ever has an idea of what he's going to do because No, he traded for Robbie. Oh, that that's another thing. Robbie Fabry's will be back next year at some point. Yep. So yeah. Iserman is a wizard, and if anyone says they know what Iserman's doing or they say Iserman has these plans, they're full of shit. They have remember no like, idea. Remember he traded for Robbie Fabry at like 2 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, Jacob De La Rose for Robbie <laughs> Fabry, one <laughs> for one. We need another one of those trades. That's what we need. So before we move on to the last section of the night, I just need to read a quick message from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests, and DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, The last thing we kind of want to cover tonight is the Detroit Red Wings at the World Championship preliminary rounds here. We have one, two, three, four, five, six Red Wings at the world championships. Unfortunately, Elmer Soderbloom did not make the cut, which is kind of depressing. I was hoping he would make it and just have a big showing out there and, and prove everyone wrong, but he did not make the cut. We've got Mo Sider right now. Mo Sider has six points, one goal and five assists and is a plus five for Germany. <laughs> a German team was performing very well. And I mean, Sider, they had said Sider does not look like his dominant NHL self. But the schedule for the world championships has been brutal, absolutely brutal. And I mean, he's tired. He just played a full season and now he's off playing more hockey. So I do not expect hockey. You can just tell. I did not expect Cider to to be dominant at the world uh, at the world tournament. I actually didn't even expect Cider to go after playing his first full pro season. But I mean, he's performing very well uh, over there. I'm surprised Raymond didn't go. Raymond's Raymond's statement was that his agent told him he was invited. He said he wanted to take the time off to focus on his recovery and and get ready for next season. Because, I mean, again, these are kids playing their first full 82 game season. And the other thing, too, is, I mean, this offseason is going to come a lot 
I, I was uh, listening to something today. Uh, 14 weeks, you know, the NHL's back. So yeah, It'll, uh, it's going to go very quickly. going to be quick. The summer always flies by, especially if you like other sports and you like watching other sports, like, you know, baseball's here and then all of a sudden college football and the NFL start. And then shortly after hockey starts again. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with Raymond not going. I just I kind of would have liked to see him compete. But again, this year is kind of weird too because you don't see like the Sidney Crosby's or you yeah. don't see like the um, you know Evgeny Malkins. Obviously, not Russia right well, they're now. Age, but, they're aging out, Tyler. But yeah, you know, a lot of those guys aren't there. But even even like the the superstars. Like Jake Kensel is not playing for Team USA, and like, you know, it's a little bit different than it's been previously. You know, usually you have like Ovechkin will go and play for Russia, and you know, yeah. obviously for for obvious reasons he can't do that right now. But um, I think the what the biggest addition to Sweden was like William Nylander or Nick Backstrom. Yep. So yeah, I know Nylander went to play. I think it's. I think we'll see more of that when they bring because they had talked about it bringing back the world. Um, the world cup of hockey and it's going to happen again. So I think we'll see more in that respect when they do bring the world cup of hockey back. Yeah. We'll see a lot more of the, the NHL player, the big NHL players in it. Uh, I PSU, think the world championships is good for like young players, like um, especially like Larkin, when he first came up, he mm-hmm. only played a little bit in the AHL and then he went and played at the world championships. It's good for players like that. And then like, obviously like older players that just want to play more hockey that play for, terrible teams like the coyotes and the kraken and you know are they play like in the khl or yeah they yeah, play in yeah. some weird nordic league somewhere <laughs> uh ps Suter playing for team switzerland has three goals and five assists for uh eight points and is a plus four ps Suter showing off at the world championship he was good this season uh i didn't have any issues with him he was solid i I'm kind of excited to see another year of PS Suter under a different coach. Yeah. Cause I mean, he, he showed flashes. Clearly he showed that with Chicago. He's showing that now in the world, though. It's not really, I can't judge a lot by international play, but I do want to see another year of, of PS Suter in a, in a maybe more important role under another coach or told to just go do what he wants to do. Yeah, I agree. I think um I think Suter is interesting because he's still pretty young. I mean, he hasn't played a lot of hockey in terms of like the NHL, you know, he's one year with Chicago and then he came here. So, um I mean, I'm interested to see what happens. I, I still think he's a fascinating player. I think um I think there's still a chance that he's your second line center at some point. And I mean like when you're good um, it's so. possible unless Eiserman goes and trades for one or drafts one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for team Chechia, you've got Jacob Verana who has a goal. You've got Philip Peronic who is a plus one and doesn't have any points. <laughs> I'm not sure how good the Czech team is. I had not watched any of their games. Uh, Philip Peronic not doing anything, not surprising for how his season went. That's one I think is I'm going to be kind of on the fence about. We'll see again. I'd be happy to see Heronic under another coach and see what happens to see if Blaschel was the reason Heronic was not good. But he might be, for lack of a better term, on thin ice with the wings to see what happens there. Maybe he is a player that needs a fresh start. And this all happened after his COVID season. He came back and he had a really rocky start. 
and just mistake after mistake after mistake last season, just visible mistakes. He showed he was the fifth highest scorer on the team, but just the mistakes that were made. And granted, he's not a defensive defenseman and not playing him with a defensive partner hurt him. Yeah. But there are just a lot of rookie mistakes that were very obvious that he should not have made this past yeah. season. And in the world, he's not doing really anything great. Shocker. Phil Peronic, underwhelming. Shocker. I, I mean, when he first came up, he was he was good. He didn't really make many mistakes at all. And you're right, that COVID season, um, he was pretty good before the shutdown, if I remember. And then, you know, obviously they didn't play again until that next. Well, he went and played it? in the Czech Republic with. Yeah, Phil and Zina. he lit it up. Yeah, and they were both very good. Yeah. And then they he came back up. over here and slumped. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see him under another coach, uh, under a more maybe defensive minded coach and see if he can play some get better at defense. You know, his actual position, yeah, his position um, <laughs> and having but, an offensive defenseman isn't bad as long as no, you, you can just can't have five him. of them. Sure. But you have to be able to pair him with be able to pair him with someone who can make up for what he lacks And the Red Wings. Don't have that on the left side. That's the no. big problem. No. Yeah. I would I would be interested to see if they go out and get somebody, even if it's just like a filler guy uh, that, you know, is over 30 just to kind of fill that position and fill that need. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, Riley yeah. Barber is playing for Team USA, has one goal and is a plus two. And the interesting one that I see is Magnus Helberg has four, four wins. No, right? So uh, four wins so far and one shutout for Team Sweden. And I'm really hoping... I mean, really hoping might be a little bit of an overstatement. I hope Iserman re-signs him and he's the backup next season. Uh, that would save us a lot of trouble for trying to find a backup goalie in not a great goalie free agent market. We had talked with Max about it. No names are really exciting in the goalie free agent market. What was the one that he said that kind of was interesting? Wow! Well, if it was Corpusalo, he already signed with the Blue yeah, he Jackets. Just signed. Yeah. Uh, the one I brought up was Braden Holpe, and that was an interesting name. Maybe you could get him for cheap as a backup here, or a one A one B with Ned, depending on how he played. But I think Helberg has shown enough in the KHL, and then again, he's showing in the Worlds, which may not be the best indicator of anything. But I'd like to see, based on his past five or so seasons in the KHL, where he's been lights out. I don't think he could be worse than Grice. How old is he? Uh, 33, I think. So younger was than... Was he in the NHL before? I don't. I remember the name, but... Uh, Magnus Helberg was in the Rangers system. That's right. That's right. Uh, Magnus Helberg is uh, 31 years old. Uh, in April, 30, was 31 years old. Okay. He uh, played in the AHL for a while. He played one game with the Preds. He played one game with the Rangers. No, three games with the Rangers. One game with the Predators. Then played the 17-18 season with the Kunlun Red Stars. Then he played for Scott St. Petersburg for three seasons. And last season was with HK Sochi. And, I mean, if you go back to 2017-18, where he went over the KHL, he had a 9-2-6 save percentage in 17-18. A 940 in 1819, a 920 in 1920, a 930 in 2020-21, and a 917 in 21-22. And 
I mean, even his international stats have been really good, except for one international tournament in 2018-2019. So, I, I mean, I don't have any issue. Actually, would probably prefer bringing Magnus Helberg back as the backup for Ned next season. And I think he was only originally signed to a one-year deal so that no one would pick him up off waivers, like what happened yeah. uh, with Toronto when they tried to sign Harry Sateri. Harry Sateri, yeah. And the Coyotes scooped him up. <laughs> so I think that I think that he is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, better than Grice and should get the backup job. We just talk about one thing. What a fucking disaster that situation is. Which one? The Coyotes. They've got a million picks coming up. I mean, I, I'm not talking about their team situation. Actually, one of my friends is a pretty big Coyotes fan. And I mean, the yeah, they one. definitely do have a pipeline. They definitely have some good prospects and some a lot of picks coming up. And they're going to enjoy college, Tyler. That's They're going to enjoy <laughs> college. Yeah. I what, just, is that, I, what does that arena hold? Like 4,500? Holds 5,000, but that's not NHL capacity. NHL capacity is lower than full. So, I mean, it, to me, it's an, a lot of people are like, it's not embarrassing. Imagine how that, or that atmosphere is going to be. I'm like, to all other professional leagues, that's embarrassing. It's completely embarrassing. Yeah, and, the, only, the only league that you can kind of compare that to is, you know, sometimes on a Wednesday afternoon, you'll get a baseball crowd that's less than 10,000. Sure. You know, I mean, my thing is that Oakland it's just, A's. I think, I think it's embarrassing to have a professional team play like the next three seasons in a college arena. Why can't they just work out a deal with the city of Glendale and play at Gila River Arena or whatever? They don't the want them there. Why don't they want them there? Because the, the basically they, the owners, like they missed a bunch of like tax payments. Ugh. They're late on payments. The product blows. They can't fill the capacity. There's just where I they're, thought they're. I thought their uh, their attendance was much better this year. I remember watching some games. No. How far were they down? Hold on. I, I don't I think they were the, the worst in the NHL. No. Um. No, because I think that was Ottawa. But Which is embarrassing in its own. A Canadian market should never be. Last, yeah, so, it was Ottawa and Buffalo. So home attendance for the Arizona Coyotes, the average attendance eleven thousand six hundred one. I only have up okay. Twenty nineteen twenty season was fourteen thousand six hundred and five. The season before was thirteen thousand nine eighty nine. So, I guess it's not absolutely awful, but you're moving to a five thousand seat arena. How does that help you? Yeah, it doesn't. That's embarrassing. I mean, like I said before, they they should be able to work something out either with Glendale or find another arena. You can't find another arena. What about the Phoenix Suns arena? They can't play hockey there for a couple of years. I don't think it's equipped, but if you look at Arizona's capacity, their arena holds 18,300 people. So they were under capacity by almost four by a little shy of 4,000 people. I mean, that's okay. Especially but, for a team in the desert. See, here's the thing about the Coyotes. I don't think the NHL should move the Coyotes because I feel like if it could be in an area, I've talked to people that live out there. Actually, one of my good buddies moved out there. He's a, he's a Yotes fan now. 
And he said, if they moved that team to Mesa or Tempe or somewhere like that, and they built a new arena in that area, or if they moved to Phoenix where they actually should be, they, they would get decent attendance because they have college students there. They have a decent amount of people there. Uh, I mean, Phoenix in itself is a pretty big city. So, I mean, they would get attendance. I'm pretty sure their attendance was decent back in the day when they were actually in Good. Phoenix when in they first Shane moved Dome from Winnipeg. Days. So, I mean, uh, the, the reason I say it's like, you know, a lot of people want to just say move them to Houston, move them to Quebec City, move them wherever. They should stay in Arizona. I think that's a good thing. We wouldn't have Austin Matthews, perhaps, if 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 there was no Arizona Coyotes. So, I mean, there's an example of it actually working, and especially if they can figure out a way to get a new arena in a decent area where, you know how far Glendale is from Phoenix? It's like 40, 40 miles or something like that. And the traffic from Phoenix to Glendale is insane. So it's like, it's hard for people in Phoenix to get to a game at seven o'clock on time. It's so, I don't know. I don't know what you do with that situation. Like I said, it could be easy and just say, move them to Houston or move them to Quebec city where they already have an arena built. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that arena in Quebec city was built, I think in 2015 or something like that. It's not old at all. Yeah. It's not old at all. And it holds 18,000. So it's an NHL arena basically. And that's why it's there because eventually they will get a team. Yeah. I think, I think there was talk of the coyotes talking to Tempe about building an arena, but I pulled up the stats for the 2021, 22 attendance for the NHL. Uh, the top, okay. top three teams were Tampa, Washington, and Minnesota with 100% attendance. Actually, uh, Washington and Minnesota were over 100% attendance. Same with Nashville. Uh, if you yep. look at the bottom uh, five teams, we're going Vegas Winnipeg, too. Winnipeg, San Jose, Arizona, Buffalo, and Ottawa. Ottawa was at 47% attendance. Buffalo was at 53. Arizona's past season, 67% attendance with 11,601 average. And that's yeah, well, with the Canadian teams, though, you got to keep in mind that they were shut down because of COVID for a little bit, too. Sure. Detroit came in 15th with 87% average attendance of 16,984. That's still rep- represented. Um, that's for, home uh, attendance. Rep- yeah. That's home attendance. So the other thing I was just looking at, and we got a little bit of news from um, Max Boltman as we're recording. Dylan Larkin has switched his representatives to Matt Williams, Pat Brisson, and CAA. Um, So Larkin getting a new agent just in time for his contract extension, hopefully this summer. So he's gearing up. He's getting ready. You think that'll happen? I think so. I don't think there's any reason to wait. I think there's pluses and minuses to waiting. You could wait and hope that Larkin does not repeat his point-per-game season and you get him for cheaper or you could wait and he could do his point per game season or more again and then you have to pay him more money so i would just pay him now lock him now that there's no and you lock him up while he's a year younger i think i think that's probably the smart move you think there's any chance he walks larkin absolutely not no i think there's anyone on this team larkin is the lowest chance of walking on a contract I I i don't i don't think so i mean He's a homegrown guy. I mean, not that that really matters at the end of the day. It's still a business. And so well, he's you know, made it his team. That's the big thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's he's turned the Red Wings into his team. So I don't think there's any any chance that he walked. And he's been, you know, he was with the Wings at the end of the really good. And he's been with them since, you know, through the be- really, really, really bad and yeah. dark times. And now he's with the Wings um, where it's starting to ascend again. Yep. Yeah, I, I think he's here for the long haul. If there's anyone on this team that retires, well, any older player on this team that retires a wing, I think it's Larkin. And I, that's really the only one I see right now. It's too early to call on Raymond and Cider. I mean, Cider is another one that would probably put my money behind. Uh, because you're going to do everything you can to keep him and make him your franchise defenseman. But I I think Larkin, as of the older generation of Red Wings players right now, I think Larkin's probably the one. Um, but I think that's where we're going to end it tonight. I want to get your final thoughts before we sign off. Um, yeah, so my final thoughts are, you know, the playoffs have been good. Um, like I said, I mean, the Wings, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, I just kind of started doing a little bit of digging on the draft coming up here. Um, yeah, which is what we'll talk about next week. Yeah, so that should be interesting. And then, oh, Kadri just got hit in the face with a stick. Yeah, I saw that. He's bleeding pretty bad. Is he? Uh, nose bleeding? No, maybe not. Red face. Interesting. Anyways, yeah, uh, no, so my final thoughts are, you know, there's a lot to look forward to still here. Um, the website's up now, which, which yep. looks really good, Greg. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, the, like I said, there's a lot to look forward to. And, you know, this summer is going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be very active, to be honest with you, um, throughout the NHL. But also, I think the Red Wings are going to be really active, too. So that'll be interesting. But uh, oh, those did my you final... answer my poll? What's that? Did you answer my Twitter poll? Will the Which next one? Red Wings coach have hair? Yes, I did. I did answer. And I said the, the next Red Wings coach will have hair. 487 votes, 66.9. Nice. Percent of people said yes. The next Red Wings coach will have hair. Will it be? Well, what kind of hair? I guess that's the real question. Yeah, other people asked where. You didn't specify where they would have hair. (laughs) (laughs) Or will they have hair before they start or when they leave? Like, well, we'll see. I don't know that that coaching, hopefully that shoe drops at some point. Um, You know, obviously that's going to be something to look forward to, too. Yep. Uh, because then we can dive into stuff like that. But anyways, you can follow me on Twitter at Sealog91. Yeah, my final thoughts are going to kind of echo Tyler's is that watch playoff hockey. It'll be real interesting. And now that my bracket's busted, I don't have anything invested in it. Everybody's bracket's busted. <laughs> Mine was busted when Minnesota was kicked out. But uh, yeah. Did you, you have them in the cup? No, I had them going past the first round. Well. With how they did in the regular season. Well, they've now lost seven straight yeah. first round series or something like that. And they're slowly turning into the Red Wings in the Ken Holland era, end of the Ken Holland era. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you can check out our website if you go to grindlinepodcast.com. Uh, I have syndicated news feeds there so you can catch up on all your Red Wings news in one spot on our blog page. You can check out our episodes there. I put my edits and my movie posters and stuff that I make up there. There's a lot of cool stuff. There's a link to our merch. Um, you can send us messages. We put a lot. I I have updated the current roster all right on the homepage. I'm going to have the season schedule. Everything's going to go up there. So go check it out. Grindlinepodcast.com. Uh, you can also check out our merch just by going to redbubble.com and searching the grind line. I had a bunch of imposters removed this weekend uh, where they stole my things and reposted them as their own. And I had all of them taken down. Uh, huh. I, I was on a quest to be the only one with my designs up there. But you can go check that out at redbubble.com. We like to give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at 
HockeyPodNet on Twitter for hosting us and spreading our podcast around. We also give a shout out to Vintage Detroit Collection, uh, where is the best place to get your Detroit jerseys and sports stuff from is Vintage Detroit. Uh, Manscaped, or if you use a promo code GRINDLINE, you get 20% off your order plus free shipping. If you use that same promo code on Howie's Hockey Tape, you get 10% off. And um, bring hockey back, you get 12% off. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.